Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today on the show, we have Christopher Sturm. Hi, Christopher. Hey, guys. Hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So can you do our listeners a favor and introduce yourself to people who may not know who you are and what you got going on and tell the whole how you got started in photography thing? Sure. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a photographer, YouTuber, film nerd. There is an origin story on how I decided to get into film photography, but I think I've told it about a bajillion times. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> basically, I took a class in high school and I saw my first print that I ever took. I took a photo, I made it a print, and I saw it develop in a, in a little tray. And I was like, oh my God, this is this is magic. This is insanity. I have to do this for the rest of my life. Oh yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> and so everyone's had kind of that moment, right? So I've spent the rest mm-hmm. of my days basically carrying a camera with me everywhere, which was the Canon AE1 for a long time. And then, you know, after, after a few years of just casually carrying a camera, around. Uh, I kind of got more serious with it after I tried uh, processing some color negative film at home. And that was awesome. And then as far as YouTube, that was a weird thing I never thought I would get involved in. And it was very much forced upon me by a friend mm. of mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do it. So yeah, yeah so I, I was on Instagram and a friend of a friend uh, posted a story of their friend who was walking around with a point and shoot camera, which is the Olympus Stylus Infinity, which is a camera that I have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I have that same camera. And she responded. And she was like, oh, cool. No way. And so we started chatting. Um, her name's Christine. She has a, uh, a really popular lifestyle, makeup, beauty, everything YouTube. And she's also a film photographer. So cool. came down to LA to visit once. And she had me over and and brought me on to her channel to talk about my favorite cameras. And she said that it went really well and it had a really good response. And she said, you should have your own YouTube channel talk about cameras because of the way you talk about it. And I was like, no, I can't. And then, of course, you know, my ego got stroked a little bit too hard. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? I guess I will make a YouTube channel. And it was funny because that same time that I did that, that's when Matt Day had already kind of gotten started. Mm. And I was watching his Mamiya RB67 video and I was like, I can do that. Like, I could totally do that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the story. And now I'm still doing it. It's been, I think it was 2017 when I started doing that. Yeah. And uh, it's been a slow plotting move forward. But now I'm here and it's, yeah. I, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like m- like my channel was kind of slow starting too. There was I took a whole like eight months off once because um, mm-hmm. I think I started around that time, 2017 mm-hmm. uh, or 2018. And yeah, you just it's just a labor of love. You got to, you know, keep... It's a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a job. It really and is. If you take time off, people notice and this stuff will right. fall off. And right. I, I'm just inconsistent too. And I've been really good recently about being more consistent, which is why, th- you know, my you know my numbers are actually going mm-hmm. up now. But before, you know, I'd do a video and like two months later, maybe do another video and they'd be inconsistent with each other. It would just be like a free for all. But really early on, I got a really, I don't want to say rabid, like <laughs> faithful group of people who really liked what I was doing. And so... 
I kind of just did it for them. And then it's just slowly kind of gotten more and more as I as I meet more people and, and keep doing it. So yeah, it's it's really tough. And YouTube is such a mystery to mm-hmm. to me. I have no idea what I'm doing to be honest. Yeah. Well, your stuff looks great. Thanks. Yeah. I think it's very, very well like stylized and consistent. And yeah, it's you're doing good work. Thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> that. I've really been trying to recently because I'm really into cinematography and filmmaking mm. and I'm not a filmmaker. I, I, I want to be, but I never, I've never really done anything significant in that realm. But I really like to build looks and to make things look nice. And I really try to make at least the video look appealing so that people will want to look at it. But yeah. Uh, and then, you know, maybe the content will be interesting, hopefully. <laughs> That's so funny because I, I feel the same way when I was, you know, I go on, I'm hot and cold with my YouTube mm-hmm. channel all the time. There's times where I'm just like, okay, this is it. I'm ready to go. We're we're getting back in and we're, and then I'll film a bunch of stuff. I'll do it. And, and it, I kind of started like where you're, you know, I, I love storytelling. I love shooting the video. I even love sitting down and editing the video. It's yeah. like definitely my favorite part. It's posting it is where I get all kind of, and it's not like, oh, the comments or anything like that. It's just like, I don't want to give it away. And not like, I don't want to give it away for free type stuff. It's just like, they're your babies. Just mm. like, you know, your favorite photographs. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm, I'm hanging on to this one. Like, this is a killer <laughs> shot, you know, kind of feeling. And it's just like, I'm always like, man, maybe I'm just doing this for like home video sake or something like that. I don't know. It's- I mean, there's definitely that element to it because I'll put something out I work really hard on. And I mean, I work really hard on all of it, but there'll be like a particular video I'm like really proud of and I'll put it mm-hmm. up. And if it doesn't perform the way I hope it does. Yeah. And by perform, I'm not looking at metrics like how much did I make in ad revenue. It's like, if I don't get enough eyeballs on it though to appreciate it, yeah. it's kind of like, oh man, like I was really proud of this. But then like I'll put up another video that like I did work hard on, but wasn't necessarily, it, it didn't have as much labor in, into it. There wasn't much like, it just wasn't the same kind of like perspective mm-hmm. and it'll just be like pew, out of the yeah. park like yep. i just this last video yep. i posted was comparing uh lomo 800 and kodak mm-hmm. 800 oh, dude, great video yeah. thank you yeah yeah. And that, yeah that one i thought that was just a fun video i got to meet up with jason from grainy days we hung out and took photos and it was a really cool day and i just thought it'd be a fun little thing but that video just hit 10 and a half k today and it's been up Whoa. for three four days or whatever it's like what in the hell is happening which yeah. you know that's great and all but i just posted a couple of videos back a video of me and my girlfriend driving across country and it's like this little documentary that i did and it didn't do nearly as many <laughs> views which it's fine but it's kind of like guys watch that it's really cool yeah. like i did this whole thing yeah. but you know you can't you can't control it at all right so it's just kind of right. like you know put it out and see what happens so what do you do for work i work as a photographer full-time great Um, i'm mostly freelancing i've been working for brands for the last couple of years uh in-house and freelance so i've worked for levi strauss as uh, their photographer everlane the north face a bunch of other places uh i'm currently contract with uh thrive market i don't know if you guys are familiar Mm -hmm. um they're like a organic healthy grocery store delivery app cool it's it's sounding familiar (laughs) yes yeah I feel like I've heard ads for that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's 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 really in right now, I guess. And it's uh it's all like food photos and packaging photos and like lifestyle stuff for for the website and stuff, which is like really nice because I get to go yeah. into a studio, you know, three times a week and and shoot cool stuff, which is fun. But then the rest of the time is mine to do whatever weird projects I want to do. Man, that's the way to do it. Yeah. That's the dream. I was just telling you before we got on mic that I I'm I've got my first like paid gig since the pandemic. How is how has it been? like sustaining like what is set like 
during these crazy... Oh, man. Well, it's strange because, as you probably know, being on set with other creatives or just being on set, it's it's a family thing. It's like everyone's really close and everyone's like joking yeah. around and having fun and like, you know, we're working, but we're also, we're in close quarters and we're, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not, it's work, but it's not really work. It's more right, like right. hanging out, you know? Right. And, uh... Having to adjust that has been super strange. You know, everything's social distanced. Everything is like compliance officers on set. Everything mm-hmm. is is making sure, you know, if you're vaccinated or not, whatever, everyone's wearing a mask. Right. It's It's just been one of those things where... I think especially in photography and, you know, filmmaking as well, you have to be prepared to kind of roll with whatever happens and make it successful, regardless of what kind of comes your way. So I feel like that this industry, we're just uniquely positioned to deal with something like this. And it's been really impressive to see how well the crews I've been working on have acclimated to having to be really Mm -hmm. careful like this. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a little alien, but it's also kind of like, we all just were like, oh, this, we got this, like, we're going to just handle it or whatever. So it's it's been fun to kind of be in that side of things and see like, wow, this is actually something that's possible. Because I thought when the pandemic hit, that was it. Pictures yeah. are no longer right. a thing. Like right. everything's going to be a render or something because there's mm-hmm. no way. But we really, I mean, people really rose to the challenge and it's like, it's really impressive. So yeah, it's, it's been crazy. I'm a little nervous. I'm wondering if we're going to have to wear those masks with like also a visor. It's kind of like, <laughs> like into that oh, look. I'll do that. Sounds fun. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. It's usually just like, you know, producer or whoever's you know looking at the screen they're like Mm -hmm. way over there with like a screen or you know no one's just like up next to each other no one's talking to each other's ear everything is like from from afar and you know as long as you're wearing a mask and washing your hands you're fine so it's 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 some people were really nervous and and wondering how intense it was going to be but it's just common sense like if you wash your hands you cover your mat your face you're golden like whatever yeah i know for for a while productions were requiring like at least for like movies out here in la that Everybody had to be, there was like an A team, a B team, and, you know, you couldn't really cross. And, like, everybody had to get tested, like, once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, I've crazy. been on sets recently. Um, uh, like, I traveled up to Sacramento to do a couple shoots where you walk on set, you get tested. You walk off mm-hmm. set, you get tested. Right. Um, there, everyone's got their temperature taken. Right. So, there was, a, there was, like, a month period I was getting tested every day. So, I got tested 30... 60 times that month because I got tested on set, walking on and then off, walking off set. And that's a crazy amount of tests. But, you know, people needed to do something. You know, we needed to figure out what to do to make everybody feel safe and be safe. So, right. Well, I think a lot of that, too, has to do with the percentage of cases in your city and town and state and stuff like that, too. Yeah. So if it's higher, they're going to be doing more testing and there's going to be more restrictions. And because my mom works at a retirement home and I know they go by state percentages. Like if the state's at 10%, mm-hmm. they get tested twice a week or right, three times right. a week or something. So I just think it's all about, and not to say that I, I don't really pay attention to the numbers anymore. It used to be like a daily thing for me where I would look and, yeah. oh my, oh this. But I kind of stopped that because it was destroying me mentally. Oh, yeah. and, uh, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as it was. You know what I mean? I yeah. think a lot of people yeah. we've that you know they call it the new normal. We're all kind of, you know, it's it's kind of gross to think about if you think about like that we really had to put on this like wash your hands for 20 seconds. I mean, <laughs> come on. Like we should know to wash our hands well, for have you 20 seen, seconds. Have like, you seen how there's basically no flu or or like incidents mm-hmm. or like there's not a lot of like people aren't having colds? Like yeah. that's yes. just a testament cuz we're washing our hands so much. We were so gross exactly. before. People weren't yeah. washing their hands. <laughs> we were touching Terrible 
terrible. our face yeah. so much. And now it's yep. like, I barely touch my face unless I've mm-hmm. washed my hands now. I'm super cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gotten sick in a year. And that yeah. just goes to show how yes. freaking gross we are, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has been nice not having to have a cold. It has been nice. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Did you guys get vaccinated? Yes. Yes. Nice. Did you have the second vax like down day where you were hit by a train? I yes, and I had to work too, so I was a miserable little <laughs> baby at work when I. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah. It was rough. Yeah, I was down for like half a day. Yeah, you were. I remember that. I was you sick. were just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't bad. It's like you know, getting the flu shot. I think. You yeah. just kind of feel like crummy for a little while. Thankfully, it wasn't. You know, everybody's having a wide range of experiences, like either nothing or the full-blown, like, in bed for two days. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't sure what to expect because the the first one I got, I didn't even feel the needle. And I had no, same, same. I had no <laughs> effects whatsoever. So I was like, oh, second, I guess I'm a trooper. Like, I guess I'm ready to go. But uh, the second <laughs> one, the day of, I was okay. But I had a little bit of a headache at the end of the day. And then the mm-hmm. next day, I was, I felt like trash for like maybe yeah. six hours. And then I felt yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. at the, and the, at the <laughs> nice. end of the day, like at night, I was like, oh man, I'm like rejuvenated. It was yeah, really your weird. Your body was like antibodies. Yeah, pretty much. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's been crazy on set, but it's been, it's also, like I said, I, I'm really impressed with how people have stepped up to like make sure we're all safe, which is great. Yeah. It's so, so true. So true. Now, I know you mentioned on your YouTube channel, you don't shoot film like for the aesthetic. Is that, you? I know you've, one of the, people we've talked to a few people who like learned on film mm-hmm. versus like you know that was digital then they came back or like that vice versa How, how's that been with with like your your career i guess like are you shooting a lot of film just for personal stuff or is it also professionally yeah so you know when i learned when i went to school there was no digital camera that was like affordable because i'm ancient Mm. um yeah i graduated high school in 2004 (laughs) and that was like kind of when i think the 5d the first 5d had just come Mm -hmm. out yeah probably 2001 maybe or i'm not sure when it was but you know it wasn't affordable for people like me and so i was just doing film because that was just all there was for me. Right. Um, and so I learned everything about photography with film. I didn't touch a digital camera until, oh man, like after college. And so there was no like, ooh, look at this like aesthetic for me. It was always just like, how do I make this exposure correct? And how do I make it look the way I want? There was like, you know, if I wanted it moodier, expose it this way. If I wanted mm-hmm. it like more high key, expose it this way. But there was no like, there's no like really thinking about grain. Grain was just like inherent in the medium. And it's just kind of like if you paint on canvas, you're going to get that texture. Same right. thing with, Dude, with so, film. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So when I did start shooting digital, for me, it was more like, wow, this is sterile. This doesn't have any like, but it also is flexible, which is also mm-hmm. like kind of what came with it. So now my digital and film workflow is exactly the same. I scan, everything comes in flat. I scan my film flat, my RAWs come in flat, and then I just apply the contrast and saturation that I want. I fuss with the exposure a little bit, and that's literally it. And I can get my digital images to look like my film images because it's just a matter of like, Hmm. how did I expose this or whatever? And that was kind of out of necessity because like I hate, I like editing film. And I like editing video, but Jesus, like I, I can't do sitting in front of a computer for that long. I just can't do yeah, it. I'm, right. not, I'm not built that way. I would much rather sit in front of a sink and develop film mm-hmm. that way. <laughs> Even scanning is sometimes like I have an Epson V550, which God bless it. It's the slowest 
you know, scanner of all time. But like <laughs> sitting, so sitting here, I'm just like, oh, come <laughs> on, like just get it done. But um, so yeah, so getting that workflow to kind of like be uh, the same has really helped me, first of all, just be quick. And so I'm not making these decisions where it's like, oh, should I like tweak this film this way or that way? I could, but it's mm. more like, okay, get this to look the way I want it to look and then be done with it. Um, and I've been really lucky that I've kind of stumbled across a workflow that works really, really well for me. And it has gone over to my professional stuff as well. So I do have clients that want me to shoot digital because they want to see the screen. You know, they want to see the images coming in. But then I have clients who they don't care what it looks like as I'm doing it. They want to see the finished product. And so with that, I have so much latitude. So I would say 50% of my clients I'm shooting film for and 50 I'm doing digital because I'm in studio with them. And it's funny because the clients that want me to shoot digital will be like, oh, I want it to look like film. And it's like, Hmm. my dude. And then then the clients who, you know, will get the film stuff, like sometimes they'll be like, oh, this looks like digital. I'm like, yeah, I shot slide film. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, so it's kind of funny because I'll do digital, I'll shoot it digital and I'll be like, I want to kind of look at this portrait kind of look or whatever, right? I want the pastel kind of look and I'll do that. And I shoot Fuji and I think Fuji colors, I think have a very, it's very easy to kind of achieve that look, you know, from a, from a standstill, like you can really get that quickly. And so I'll have clients be like, oh, this, oh, you shot film? That's cool. And I'm like, no, that's digital. Like, <laughs> that's, that's just a digital thing. Fooling them. Yeah. And it's, it's just, you know, they're both tools. And I don't, I don't think that you should limit yourself with either. Um, film is so, you know, expansive and wide ranging and there's so much you can do with it. There's so much you can, people don't realize if you scan film as flat as possible, you can push and pull that stuff yeah. to, oh, yeah. to, oh, to yeah. forever. And, right. it's, mm-hmm. and it's sometimes better than digital because digital has a ceiling when it comes to highlights, but film sure. almost doesn't. And so, right. so, you know, I'm, tr- what I'm trying to convey to people is like, you know, whatever you decide to do, like you're not limited to your medium necessarily. You can figure out ways to kind of get whatever you want out of whatever you're using and even within film you know people love portra and obviously for a good reason but like i can make pretty much any film look like portra in post like you don't (laughs) have to shoot portra to get the portra look like for instance i can shoot you know lomo 400 or like even ultramax or even like fuji superior like you can make superior look like portra you definitely can if you scan it and let the scanner do the profile and you have the green shadows and all that stuff. Yeah, it'll definitely look like superior, but it's film. It's got that latitude. You can do what you want with it. Um, yeah. And so I, I really do think that there's like people that have that preference for, I guess, what you might call derogatorily, like the visco look, which is like, you know, a little bit <laughs> underexposed. You got the shadows are kind of crushed and you've got like the graininess. And that's a look. It's a vibe. And I, I think that people like it for a reason. I do like it in certain circumstances. I've seen people shoot film that way and it's just like, man, that just looks really good. It just feels Mm -hmm. nostalgic and nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's also people who are like, you know, they want a certain color palette and they want a certain look and it's not necessarily like what normies would think is film. It's, it's what, you know, what this film's capable of instead. So it's there's no wrong or right it's just kind of like use it for what you want to do you know experiment play around with it and 
I don't know. You know, just have fun with it. I feel like I'm going on such a tangent, but it's so connected no, to my no. work. No. Like it's such a, yeah. it's so like tied to the tenant of like what I do with film because if film went away, I'd be so sad, but Dude. I could still work. <laughs> I could still uh, do it. You yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 But you know, God forbid that will never happen. Yeah. Please, please, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that's like a giant skill in itself though, because I, with digital, I could never get an edit right. I either over-process the crap out of it where it just looks like like I added every single Instagram filter you possibly could have added to it. Yeah. A massive vignette and then <laughs> and I'm just like but that is and then when I shoot film, you know, I usually just go with the presets. I have an Epson scanner too mm-hmm. and I just let it I don't I, I I mean I have scanned flat and stuff like that before. If I'm trying to save an image, if it's a little blown out or a little under, I'll make sure not to have any sort of processing on yep. it. So I can try to get the most out of it in, in post but i i'm i'm like a i think it was it was clubhouse i was i was on a pedestal and you were in the room we'd had this conversation about i was like why would you take portra and edit it like uh 400h you know uh, and it's just like it's stupid <laughs> i was just in one of those moods where i was like mr purist all the time and then i was like wait why do i care like what does it matter because people want you to care like there are people out there yeah who yeah gatekeep film and yeah. they're like Portra or this or that or Ektar's bad and it's like wait a second like who the heck are you to say this like why yeah, are you limiting exactly. people it's so weird yeah. when you say that about Ektar I really didn't shoot like people with that because that's just what people said like you can't it's not you can't shoot for portraits and yeah. I was like they what? just said it and then you're like yeah. okay yeah, yeah yeah but then like look at like Wendy Laurel a former guest and that's all yeah. she does and it's like mm-hmm incredible you know it just goes to show that like there's so much influence in this sphere Mm -hmm. of the film community and like there are certain things and i'll get i guess i'll get into it later but i was going to say there's just some people in this sphere that are very influential and i think subconsciously not even on purpose they sometimes influence younger people or people just getting into it in Mm -hmm. in not such a positive way and it's frustrating because like my whole message has always tried to been be like try everything Mm -hmm. Yes. Throw it against the wall, see what happens, because you're creating. You're not, yeah. you know, this isn't algebra. This is like, this is film. This is this is fun. It's, it's yeah. art. Yeah. And so, you know, when I heard back in the day, like, oh, Ektar is not for skin tones. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love Ektar. I've been shooting Ektar underground, like, like quietly for years because I mm-hmm. love it. I love that <laughs> film so much. Dude, I love it too. But I get too. so much crap for it. Whenever I pull it out of my bag, they're like, Ektar. And it's like, oh Ew. man, come on. I don't understand. Every, anytime I shoot, I'm always like, why do I not shoot this that much? Exactly. It is it's gorgeous. so good. I think there's a underground hatred for vibrant colors in the film community. And I, I understand that it's very in vogue <laughs> to be pastel. But like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like every single person who like I've given roles of like Velvia or Provia to friends or like even um, Ectochrome and been like, yeah, try shooting this and I'll develop it for you. And mm. they give it back and I show them the scans. And they're just like the colors like what? And I'm just like, yeah. yeah, you're used to seeing what everyone's always doing, which is Portra 400 shot at right. 200 blown yeah. the right. hell out. Yep. And you're right. missing out on this whole palette of color that you don't even realize is there so yeah it makes me want to try like more f- i mean I, we, we talk about it a lot on the show but just i gravitate towards portia but i am learning to like grab other stuff because i could go on for yeah <laughs> hours about portra because uh, just just to give a little bit of my thoughts on it it's a beautiful film it's a professional film it's got crazy latitude but it's a crutch 
and yeah. people oh, yeah. get super into it and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm so glad that so many people are buying it so that Kodak can still make film. Right. Yeah. But it's also yeah. like <laughs> the default. It's like the default setting. It, it is. It is. Oh, when you said like it because that's what I do. I, I open my fridge and I'm like, ah, poor. <laughs> I just like yeah. grab the portrait. And there's nothing wrong with that because it's a, it is a yeah. beautiful film and it has yeah. so much. But then when I talk to people about why they don't use other films, I one of the things I hear a lot is that oh, nothing has the latitude of Portra. And while they're you know pretty much right, Portra has mm-hmm. such latitude. But I don't see anybody using that latitude. Everyone says that, but no one's taking <laughs> portrait to the extremes. Yeah, right. You know? No, you're right. You're right. Do, everyone's doing the uh, what is it? The new topographies. Everyone's doing that style of, of shooting, which is yep. great and it's really fun. And I'm really enjoying seeing all that output. But like, if you're gonna tout how good portrait is as far as the limitations, like, let me see you stretch portrait to the absolute <laughs> limit. But no one yeah. does, and it's like, okay, uh, all right. But find another reason, I guess, if I ask. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's like it's like Megan Barrett. Mm-hmm. She with former guest amazing underwater photographer that's not all she does but she shoots a lot of underwater photography but she will shoot whatever she has Mm -hmm. she was saying that and she was like and people might think i'm crazy because i take ektar and i push it to like 800 or 1600 and and it's just like so much comes out of that when you you know when you open the box that you've been in because everybody's doing the same thing all the time Mm -hmm. so you got to do this you got to do that you got to you know and when you finally explore, like, I I love shooting Lomo 800 at, like, 16 or 3200. I push the crap out of yeah. it. So it just, it, it's so weird. And you don't see that all the time. But people you know? don't Every- realize that the, the rated ISO on a film is the minimum. Like, it's not, yes, right. uh-huh. it's not the maximum. You can go, you know, yeah. don't go too low underneath it because you're going to start getting the underexposure thing going on. You can still do a little bit. But, like, the sky's the limit with a lot of these films, especially if it's yeah. Yeah. if it's something like you know Lomo 800's got a really high ceiling um i've pushed uh let's see what is that stuff superior oh c200 fuji c200 i've pushed that to oh, 3200 yeah. and it looks mm-hmm. kind of alien but it's really cool and i mean just being able to kind of i mean pushing film is becoming something that people do a lot more nowadays but it's still kind of like unknown territory for a lot of people and you know i'll do something where i'm shooting uh, like Lomo 400 at like st- I don't know a thousand or something people are like that's gonna look like crap and I'm like how do you know that <laughs> you, <done> it? <laughs> you should try like, it let's see yeah and I mean <laughs> it, it's it's another part of the thing where it's like this is uh, a tool and it's not it's especially with film the cool thing about film and, the, and that people I feel like talk about but don't really practice is that film is not this like box that's confining like it's very much like an open space to explore in whereas digital kind of feels more like that because you have to be a little more careful especially with highlights but film you don't have that so you have this ability to kind of like really explore but i feel that i feel this like latent fear of doing so and i i want people to just bust through that and try things out you know you're inspiring me because i always shoot typically at box speed Mm -hmm. i mean if that's your comfort zone yeah besides like you know rating 400 to 200 but i never go crazy mm-hmm. and yeah I, it makes me want to really t- see what happens you know yeah i mean some of the coolest stuff i've ever done initially at least was like shooting a role like i i had a role of portra one no no it was 400 i had it loaded up in a camera and i went out during the day and shot some frames but i had a bunch of frames left over and, and i was hanging out at night with some people and i was like it's dark but i only have this 
roll of film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's interesting stuff. So I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shoot the rest of this roll at 1600 and just say, screw it and see what happens. The stuff I shot earlier in the day was like pretty blown out. But the stuff I shot that night, I couldn't believe how uh, nice the wow. film looked and it was just it was just like a you know i'm just gonna push it like whatever i didn't prepare i'm pretty sure i didn't do calculations correctly but it came out really really nice and i don't know just i wish i want people to try it so i think you should right. i think you should try shooting some portrait 400 at whatever because because me i would just be like oh well that sucks <laughs> yeah. like i wouldn't i wouldn't even do think to like do that you know yeah because i'm not in that 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 headspace but i i you're inspiring me Good. I like it. <laughs> I'm glad because I see yeah. you know, and I've seen people. I've seen friends of mine in those same situations where they they just like try something and they get so excited and they text me like, "Dude, you won't believe what happened! Like, I did this with this film and look yeah. how cool it looks." It's just it's so inspiring to see other people try that and get excited by it because there's that yeah. you know you get ex- excited by film in the first place like you start doing film and you're super excited about it but then you know i've seen people get to a point where they're like okay i can shoot film but like what else is there it's film you know done mm. it's like no explore check it out yeah. there's so much to do <laughs> so how long Man. how long have you been developing your own film since uh high school so i'm 35 so now since i was 14 so you've just been developing st- straight away yeah so i start i i started because i graduated high school in uh 2001 mm-hmm. so i was doing the black and white develop in the sink print print that's how i basically made work mm-hmm. but i've been sending my stuff to labs pretty much since then so i think that's crazy you've been like str- yeah it, it's it was one of those things where like when I learned film, my whole understanding of the process was that you shoot the film, you develop the film, you print the film. Like that's the whole process. So yeah. I didn't I never got really divorced from that. I always thought that like there's a chain of custody to the film <laughs> and I wanted to be in control <laughs> that's of it. How, that's how Timothy is. Yeah. 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 And it's it, it's you know, so I did D seventy six up until after college, um, for a long time. And I just did black and white film. So color film I'd I'd take it to you know, Costco or whoever. Right. But, you know, after a while, I started getting more interested in shooting more color film. And it was still just a hobby for me at that time. So I wasn't really like pushing myself. But then there was a time where I had a role of Superior and I was with my band somewhere and I took a bunch of pictures with my point, with my Olympus point and shoot with, on it. And I could have sent it out to get it developed, but I was like, I don't know what my deal was. I was like antsy. I was like, I want to see it now. Like, I want to look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah. what happens if I just use D76 to process his superior? Oh, that's fun. I've done that yeah, before. Maybe yeah, maybe this will be cool. And I thought for sure I was going to ruin the film, but I was like, you know what? Onward, let's do it. And it just looked like black and white film after I processed yeah. it. It looked great. And I have all these wow. pictures that are black and white. And if I showed them to you, you'd probably be like, yeah, maybe that's Triax or maybe that's whatever, you know, Ilford. No, it's, it's superior and it turned out okay. <laughs> and then I realized like, oh my God, I can, I can do yeah. everything I want ever. <laughs> yeah. And then I realized like, ah, oh, C41 is a thing. So I can try that. But when I first got my hands on C41 chemistry, I, I didn't want to fuss around with the temperatures like I'd never had used C41, but the first thing I thought was like, oh, instructions? Nah, I'm going to do something else. And so I had been using Rodnall uh, to stand develop film for a long time. And uh, I really had gotten the stand development down to a pretty good science with my black and white film. And I thought, hmm, can you stand develop C41 film? Like, would that look okay? <laughs> Guess what, guys? Uh-oh. It looks fantastic. It looks great. <laughs> nice. And so I figured it out. You know, room temperature, I got the temperature, or I got the uh, the timings right, and I just, like, experimented in, like, 
you know, if you're okay with like maybe a little more grain, it looks really good. It looks just like you can barely tell. And so for a while, I was just stand developing all my color film, which people were like, you're doing what? Like, what's <laughs> yeah. wrong with yeah. you? Um, eventually, uh, I started the sous vide method um, a while mm-hmm. back. This was um, a bit before Cinestill came out with their TCS 1000. Um, and then I was kind of like, you know what, if I'm being serious about this, if this is my job, like I want to have a controlled, you know, environment. So yeah, I started doing yeah. the, you know, the real C41 processing. And then I got the TCS mm-hmm. 1000, which was like really fun and, and uh, such an exciting time because that, that kind of was a, was a flag. It was like a flag on the mountain that was like, mm-hmm. film is here to stay. We're developing new products. This is going to be a film thing. And like, I, I got really excited about it. I think Cinestill as a company has done so much for yeah. the film community. I um, agree. And people yeah. don't even know sometimes, you know, how good, how, how much they've really contributed to the community. Yeah. And now it's like, I'm developing film two or three times a week. I'm shooting like at least 10 rolls a week. If it's just personal stuff, I'm doing, you know, the tetanol now. And I, I, I've just got an ECN two kit for my friend, uh, Colton. Ooh. He rolls. I want one of those. Yeah. You know, I've been so interested in it. I know quiet. We're dreaming does their cinema film and then um my friend colton rolls his own and so he gave me some 500d and some 250d and uh i got some of the ecn2 stuff i haven't developed it yet but i'm i'm going too soon i'm gonna do a video about it uh i'm very excited yeah. but it's, it's such a different process like i thought e6 yeah. was gonna be difficult but e6 was a breeze especially if you've done c41 before yeah it's like the exact same exactly thing. just a little bit warmer you know one more extra yeah. step but uh, mm-hmm. ECN2 is a little bit different. It's a little more exacting. Um, and also you get a flat negative when you're done. So it's not going to have the color you want. You have to go in and tweak it, which I'm really excited okay. about because that's what I do anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right up your alley yeah. right there. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see if that if that becomes... I'm really actually worried because I, I have so much invested in the C41 process that I do. Like, am I going to have to buy all this other stuff so I can... Because if I fall in love with it, if that becomes like my favorite thing, like, damn it, I'm the ECN2 guy now like crap like mm-hmm. so, so and you're soon. gonna you're gonna fall in love that's yeah, just how it, how it is exactly. <laughs> yeah it's just a- <laughs> luckily i don't have roommates anymore so that i can have it everywhere which is fine <laughs> there you yeah. go that's the best yeah, thank god <laughs> now we just need to get chris uh, i was hoping you just need to <laughs> come you back just need to, to order me. i know <laughs> order yourself a kit yeah just order one. Yeah. Order one and let it sit there for like a couple weeks and let it, you know, let it talk to you. Like, hey, come on. You're in LA, right? Yeah. Well, now we, we just bought a house. So now that I have the, the extra space, there's like yeah. in our laundry room, there's a sink. And I'm like, that sink is like calling my name. I've, I've had some friends who have been like, hey, like, do you want to show me how to do this? Like, if you want to jump in on a, yeah, on there a, you go. On a workshop, yeah, like, I, yeah. I'd be more than help, happy to help you, you know, get, get your feet wet, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, it's really, it's really fun. So I don't know. I think you should do it. I feel like there's a, a lot of, uh, I mean, there's just like part parts of the we've talked about this on the show as well, like parts of the process that people don't like love, you know, click. Yeah. 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 People who shoot to shoot who don't really care about the end result or they are not a printer and the people who like love to print. And, you know, so I just feel like developing and scanning isn't that for me, but I'm really trying to Jones with it. So and you've developed think, black and white film before, right? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. that's how it like same as you. Like I developed my own like in my parents sink because that's all that there was, you know, yeah. like. I think for me, 
it's just kind of it's like a it's like that time because it takes like a little bit less than an hour to fully go through a full c41 process because you know you heat up the chemicals you bag every you put it in the bag mm-hmm. you, you you spool it up and then you go and you do the actual thing and then you hang it up to dry so end to end it's about an hour that mm. that's like an hour for me to like listen to a podcast which is off it's yep. o- it's yeah. also it's like yeah it's often analog talk or something else. Oh, yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you. And then you know, I'm I'm just chilling out. You know, I'm doing my I'm doing my little uh, agitations. I'm eating a snack, most likely, and it's just like such a nice moment because I'm I'm relaxing. I'm not yeah. doing a lot of work, but I'm also developing film at the same time, and it's just like, it's like accomplishing. Yeah, I'm accomplishing yeah. something. Uh, and it's just like it's just kind of like that little moment where it's like I'm doing something 100% for me even if it's a project that I'm doing for someone else it's still like that is my moment to like be for me you know so yeah it's different for everyone I guess that's what I get out of it too Mm -hmm. I always take the developing process for me is just my it's like a it's like yoga you know yeah (laughs) you yeah you you go and you do it for an hour 30 minutes or something like that to kind of cleanse and clear your mind and yeah, it's 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 something that I look forward to so much because it's it's just some me time, and maybe not everybody wants to hang out with themselves because you know we're with ourselves all the time. But <laughs> I, I like that little like disconnect of oh, it's three thirty, it's time to put the you know this in, it's time to do that. You know, what's it's really funny to- is like the people that were at the beginning of the pandemic like making bread, like the bread people. Yeah, those yeah, are the people yeah. that have been hitting me up to show them how to do chemistry for C forty one because yes. they are the same kind of people they, they want to do that like hands-on like me time like mm-hmm. whatever thing and like bread is very much the same thing so it's just really funny That's to see people pivoting yeah. <laughs> pivoting from bread to film man I love good that. times yeah good times i'm here for that i love bread but i don't know i think i'll take I think, oh man, would I take film over bread if I had to choose? Don't, you can't, don't, that's, that's too oh, hard. I can't even, you're right, it's not. I do love a good sourdough, but damn, I, I mm. really. Oh, me too. I'm so glad you said that. I was just like, I'm not going to say it. Sourdough is so basic. And then you said it and I'm like, yes, okay. The thing is. I'm not the only one that loves look, sourdough. the thing about sourdough is sourdough is very much like film. <laughs> it's, yeah. depending on the environment, you're going to get so many different things because of the yeast and the air and stuff. So yeah. Yes. There's like a ton of different types of sourdoughs and there's one for everyone. And, you know, not every single one's the same. And uh, some have more latitude than others. (laughs) 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 But they're all delicious. That's how I feel about film. Do you ever? <laughs> I push my sourdough to sixteen hundred all the time. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> funny. So, Christopher, what what other like projects? Do you have anything in the like personally in the works? Any photo books? Any any more like documentary style YouTube videos? Because I did watch that one and I really did enjoy. Oh, thank you! Uh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to do more long form documentary style stuff because that was really something that spoke to me. I love doing my YouTube videos, but sometimes they can be very, they're very kind of to the point. It's like, this is a video Mm -hmm. about this. And then I talk about it and I show you some examples and it's like, cool, super easy to digest. Like there's not a lot of commitment there. Um, But building a story and like showing, telling that story through visuals, it was kind of like a thing that I always knew I wanted to do. And then when I finally did this last project and I did the, um, the, documentary going across the country it was just like an awakening of like realizing oh yeah okay this is what i want to do i want to tell stories like yeah and it's different it's it's being able to tell a story through visuals and 
you know, not have to say the loud part or the quiet parts out loud. Like that's hard. It's very hard. Like I want to get like jump in and explain something and I want to give context, but you have to let the visuals do that for you. And that's really, really difficult. But when you feel like you get to a point where the visuals are giving the context, it's so Mm. rewarding. Yeah. So I really want to get into doing more documentary stuff. Um, I do have a few projects in the works uh, that are not fully formed just yet. Mm -hmm. I am doing is At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Zine, because I feel like Ooh, when I was growing yeah, up, yeah, zines yeah. were the thing, you know, the DIY zine yeah. thing mm-hmm. was like, oh, yeah. I loved that. Like I came from like the post hardcore, the punk scene, like all that stuff was like, you got a zine and you were like on your floor, just like looking at it for hours because it was yeah. so cool. You know, someone's like real labor of love and everyone's putting out books and I'm really like stoked about that. I think that's amazing and I want to see more of that. Um, and I would love to put a book out one day, but I feel like that DIY scrappy element of a zine just appeals to me personally like so much more um i feel like it's also more accessible yeah photo i'm with photo you books can yeah. be expensive and like that's not anyone's fault like that's just a, a function of like you know binding a book and selling right, it. it's just right, gonna be right. expensive and some people can't afford it like there are definitely times in my life where i wanted a photo book like uh jason lee did a polaroid book an eight by ten polaroid book like a couple mm-hmm. years ago and at the time i was just broke and i couldn't buy right. it it's out of print now it's sold out right. like i can't i just can't get it um but if he had made a zine that was like five bucks plus shipping, I would have had that thing, right. you know, immediately. Exactly. Yeah. And my whole goal is not to, I'm not trying to put down this legacy that's like gilded and like all like serious. I want it, I, my whole goal is to just get as many eyeballs on what I'm doing as possible and to like inspire people to also try what I'm doing or to like just get people excited about film and photography in different ways. And the best way to do that is to make it accessible. And so I've got a couple of zine projects in the works. They're going to be collaborative with other um, artists and other photographers as well. So um, I'm really excited about that stuff. That's in its infancy. I just started. <laughs> I just started a podcast. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ah, and I, people have been telling me uh, I should do it for so long, and I've been like, you know what? They don't need another white guy doing a podcast. We have plenty. <laughs> But a friend of mine, Mike, he is, uh, he's in the UK. He's a Scottish guy and he's really, really funny. He's a gifted uh, photographer. And I think that we have a good chemistry. And he was like, Hey man, I want to do a podcast. I want you to co-host it. I'll do all the work. Just you show up and be funny. And like, we'll talk. And I was like, all right. Oh, nice. So we we started that. We recorded our first episode. And then our next episode, we're actually, our first guest is going to be Kyle McDougall. So we'll be doing that. I don't know when, sometime soon. It's definitely, it's photography adjacent, but it's not like, it's not competition for any photography podcasts out there. It's definitely going to be a little bit different. So that's happening. It's called the Spooky Park Bench, which is definitely a cheeky reference Ooh, to... Uh, I love that. It's a, it's a cheeky reference based on a conversation we had about photographers who do night photography and are into that, <laughs> into that whole like aesthetic of like, you know, spooky park benches. So that'll be fun. That's so cute. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited about that. Uh, what else am I doing? Uh, I, I don't even know why I'm going to bring this up, but I am recording an album. I don't oh, know what? when it'll be out. <laughs> nice. So just you or are you with a band? Uh, or? Just me. It's going to be one of those things where I just record and write everything. And then eventually maybe if 
if bands are a thing again, I'll probably put together something. But yeah, so yeah. far it's just been me. I rec- I play all the instruments, and it's just you know, it's very much like dad rock. <laughs> It's like <laughs> it's like Radiohead and the National and all that stuff. Dude, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So it's very yeah. it's very yeah. much that. So if you want to be bored and or crying, that's the album for you, maybe. <laughs> so we'll see how that pans out. <laughs> man, what's I love what's it. next for the channel specifically? Do you have uh, any uh, Oh man grand um, plans for it or are you just gonna keep going along? It's really hard like it's hard. The biggest thing that's been hard with my channel is like kind of figuring out what I want it to be. In the beginning, mm. it was super educational and it was very much like, like my first episode is like, this is medium format. This is what it looks like. This is the difference between that and 35 yeah. millimeter. And it was kind of like all over the place. And then now what I'm trying to do is keep it. I, wa- I want to be like not separated from the community. Like I want it to be like, I'm just a guy and I wanted right. to do this. So I'm doing it. You can also yeah. do this. And I'm, you know, I've been trying to use my platform as like you know a privileged white dude to try to like lift up you know other voices and other people who are doing cool things and and artists who are not you know maybe don't have a platform and so what i'm trying to do coming up in the rest of this year is to spotlight some younger photographers who are doing cool things um other artists who are doing cool things really start working on my documentary style stuff and i want to do more episodes that are kind of showcasing other photographers work through that lens of like telling a story and i'm still kind of in the in the planning stages of how to even you know do that uh i've been talking to kyle mcdougall who i don't know if you guys know he does a um he's a photographer i'm sorry he's a documentary videographer like he's that's his thing Mm -hmm. and he's been really helpful and kind of like giving me advice which has been great because i have no idea what i'm doing um (laughs) (laughs) so i'm hoping the channel i just want to be more substantive i'm very lucky that i just landed my first uh, paid sponsorship with Skillshare, which has been really oh hell yeah, really congrats, cool. that's amazing. Congrats. Yeah, it's been really cool. It's super interesting, and you know, with that, I'm able to kind of do a little bit more. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping to basically carve out time where it's like these are the days that I'm working on the channel, and this is like yeah. a ske- I don't have a schedule or anything. Like I come up with an idea, I film it that day or Same. the next day, yeah, and it goes up too. whenever. So yeah, <laughs> and that that works for a while and then mm-hmm. you got people who you know want to sponsor you or want to you know collaborate and you're just like oh crap i gotta like plan now like uh. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> like this thing the last video with jason uh grainy days we just were like hey you want to hang out like sure mm-hmm. uh and then i asked him if he tried this film and he's like no and i'm like let's shoot some film and then i brought my i, I shot the whole thing on my on my phone so like I, didn't, I wasn't even planning it yeah so yeah i'm trying to be more intentional in in general with the channel and try to be less i want to be less about me and yeah. more about the community at large um so that's something i'm trying to figure out how to do basically that's great yeah i think that's that's really lovely yeah yeah (laughs) it's really cool that you're doing the podcast thing too because i always i always try to promote people doing stuff like that because there's you know there's a there's a somebody that wants to hear your side of the story Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and connects to you more or what you're doing more i mean yes oh all we need is another podcast and it's like you know what yeah there's somebody sitting out there that's like doesn't really vibe with our show right goes over and you know finds you guys or you know c41 yeah it's just there's there's like a i don't know i just feel like the more we keep 
throwing stuff out there, the longer this thing's going to be yeah. around. You know what I mean? And yeah. like what, whatever I have to do to to keep Kodak and Fuji and Polaroid and all those people keeping their machines running and their mm-hmm. you know their workers being fed and all that stuff. You know, that's a, I agree. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's also like inspiring each other too. You know. Yes. If we, we, we can like yeah. keep each other fired up. I think that's really important too. Yeah. I mean, being a long time listener of, of, you know, analog talk, I've always been like, I want to be in that room with those guys. I'm so, I've been so excited when he reached out. Cause I was like, yes, like, oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, it is really that thing where, I, you know, on my videos, I get comments like your intro is too long. You talk too much, blah, blah, blah. You know, I get stuff like that, which is yeah. valid. I do talk too much, but uh, <laughs> I have opinions on everything and I've been right. doing I've yeah, been shooting yeah. film and developing film for so long that you know I don't think I'm an authority I just think that I have enough experience where if someone right. needs help or direction right. I can put you in that direction you know and so where in the YouTube videos it's really difficult to have that long form kind of like discussion or um, me just like barfing out my opinions on the podcast, we can have it be an hour and a half right, long right, and people right. will listen yeah, to it. And, and, you know, that's what's so great about, you know, podcasts like Analog Talk and podcasts like, you know, C41. I get to listen to people who I don't normally li- hear from and I hear their perspective and it's it's a conversation. It's not like people staring at a camera and being like, here's what my opinion is and you yeah. have to listen to me. And yeah. it's, like, yeah. it's like, no, like I'm a person. My opinions can change. You know, my thoughts are, you know, changing second to second and it, it, it just behooves me to be like okay if i have all these opinions if i have this expertise to like share with people i need to do it across more formats and and limiting myself to just youtube uh because i'm afraid of people thinking i'm stupid for having a uh, a podcast it's like no like the goal is to help this community and if that means that like if i make a podcast people will listen to it and and they'll gain knowledge or whatever great mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it so right, that's, that's right. where i'm at yeah plus like having conversations is one of the main like what we love so much so much about it is we get to br- like have these conversations with people and hear their side and perspective i mean every time i end record i'm like woo, <laughs> yeah fired up. Yeah. that's so fired good up. so and yeah. it's like i've been a musician i've been a guitarist for like most of my life i love guitars i'm a total gear nerd but like mm-hmm. i can talk to you about guitars for like 40 minutes and then I'm like okay can we talk about anything else yeah but do you yeah. notice like with film you just I just don't get sick of it like if anyone yeah, comes yeah, up same, to me, yeah. people are in my DMs every day just like asking like you know objectively like inane questions like about film but I never get tired of it because it's right. just like you want knowledge and you're coming to me and you like have a question like let's talk about it and it's it's always a really fun conversation people are so happy to like just have that conversation with you and it's so nerdy but in like the best way and so fulfilling so yeah i don't know dude so yeah true. i feel that way about film photography a lot sometimes i'll just be like i'll just i'll get overcome by it i'll just be like man i just love this so much like i just love this i just i'm just so happy i it found me or i found it or i don't know how we you know here we are but yeah yeah and who would have thought that like literally just photographs like something you use to take pictures would be such a community building thing Mm -hmm. because i've met some of my favorite people through Same. taking pictures the house i'm living in was my like my friend christine this was her house and then she bought a house on the street i moved into this house and we're like best friends now and we met because yeah. i dm'd her about her stupid olympus yep. camera you yep. know and like now we're lifelong friends um you know my girlfriend's super supportive she has been like learning about photography from me uh film photography because she did do photography she has like a she has a rico gr 
that she had before. Ooh, uh, yeah. She's done film before, but because I'm such a film nerd, she's like, okay, well, let's do more. And like, yeah, come on, finding a girlfriend who wants to do film photography, like, come on, that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty solid. Yeah. She's, a, she's yeah. definitely a keeper, no question. Yeah. Um, you know, and then like, <laughs> I've met amazing people like Sam Elkins. Like, he lives, mm-hmm. I don't know, five minutes from me, and we've been hanging yeah. out, and like, he's been such a cool resource, and like, he's so inspiring because like that kid, that kid just goes. Like, he has right. such great ideas, and like, he never stops. And it's like really inspiring to see him do that. So like, when I feel like I'm in a rut, I see one of his videos. I'm just like, I have no excuse whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then um, uh, Jason from Grainy Days, that guy is mm-hmm. exactly how he is in his videos. Almost, he's such a nice guy. He is, and yeah. so fun to hang out with. Like, I was so inspired hanging out with him. And like, I met this group. So. Um, when I went with Jason, I brought my friend Hector who I met through a film photography group on Instagram. Like this guy, Austin invited me. He was like, yo, I've been a fan of your YouTube channel. Like I have this group chat on Instagram. It's called photographers and coffee shops getting coffee. Do you want to be, do you want to oh, come on in? And I was you. like, I was like, dude, get me in there. And I've, I met this group of people like that are just on fire for film. Mm-hmm. And all they talk about all day long is film. And they're so genuine they're so like accepting and like I just moved to LA in October. I didn't like, I had friends here, but I didn't have like a group really. I didn't know that we should get coffee or something. I didn't, I didn't know you were like a newbie. Oh yeah. No, I've only been like, I moved to, I moved to Highland park in October and then I moved to Mount Washington and the place I'm at now in, in December. And so, yeah, I just got here. And so, uh, and this group of dudes, well, it's not just dudes, but this group of people were just like, you're one of us now. Like, sorry, too too bad. And it's like, I, we've Uh, gone, we, we meet up at coffee shops and we go on photo walks and then like me and Hector really like hit it off. He's actually an incredibly gifted photographer. You should check him out. His Instagram yeah. is uh, it's at H E C C C T. Incredible photographer, such a cool guy. I told him I'd shout him out. So this is your shout yeah. out. Heck yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah. So it's and that that community is like because you can you can have something you're good at and you can be isolated because of it, or you can just like it could be a solo thing. But never in my life has film been like a solo thing. It's always been there's always been somebody oh, wow. else yeah. who's been like there to help or to like give me inspiration or to like bounce ideas off of and you know it's like music in that way too like musicians i feel like have kind of a camaraderie in the same way mm-hmm. um but it's it's less pretentious you know film is not as yeah. pretentious <laughs> yeah. there's definitely um so much more that's so true there's so much more like across the aisle like because if you hate superior you know i love yeah. superior and we're both like you're wrong but we want to take it out of yeah, yeah it's out of love and we it and is. we definitely want to shoot together we still want to talk yeah. about film we're yeah. not going to hate each other for it you might be completely wrong but whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's a, like you'll find that with like photo walks and camera meetups like i've got i've been on some recently here in LA as well with with uh, some photo homies and mm-hmm. I, my face hurt from from like just smile like I was like walking back from the walk and I was just like that I realized I had the doofiest smile on my face because I was just like these that's just like my people you know yeah. and it's like they yeah. get it yeah. and everybody's nerding out about the cameras and this and like oh I got my hassy this long ago and like you pay what for it like oh my god like what do you have <laughs> what's what are you shooting like it's just so good and it's what's funny is like I did a, a video about the Leica M6 versus my F2 a little while ago uh, and I have my own opinions on Leica cameras 
whatever. And I'm not like, I think the M6 is a cool camera, but like, it's not for me. Like, you know, I say that as I have an M6 like sitting next to me. It's, I was going to say, if you don't want it, you know, we can figure something out. <laughs> this, is, this is my friends. But, uh, you know, not not a camera that I really like necessarily care about. But then watching your video when you got yours, I was just oh. like, oh, I feel the joy that you felt because you were so stoked. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. man, seeing that happiness from like getting a camera, like I know that in, in like yeah. intimately what that's like. And it was like, I was like smiling, beaming, like watching the video. It's so funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. it yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if people feel that way when they get a guitar. Like, are they like? Oh yeah, I've been waiting. Like, I, yeah, it, it definitely is like a, a pa- when you're passionate for something. It's like there's mm-hmm. nothing else like it. You know, there's nothing else nothing. like it. Yeah, man, I love it. I love it. We'll be right back with listener question for Christopher right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to PolaroidOriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. Just wanted to pop in quick and let you guys know about our Patreon-only developing nights. It's a developing hang. We all get together. We grab some film. We grab some developer. We mix it up. We have fun. We talk. We laugh. We're also going to be bringing in some special guests, some former guests of the show, to hang out and again it's a patreon only exclusive it's it's probably the best way to help support the show so head over to patreon.com slash analog talk check it out and yeah that's it guys all right guys this is part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners and this week's question comes from at 155 millimeter film and they ask do you have a bucket list of certain photos you want to take i know i do mm. oh you do okay that's I this do. is a hard one because oh man i get so distracted by inspiration which is a funny Ooh, sentence okay. just because no i get that I, you know i'll i'll think of something that i really want to shoot and then I'll see something else and go, oh, my God, I got to do that. You know, yeah. um, I've been following <laughs> Tyler Shields on Instagram for a long time. And, you know, think of what you will about his work. But like sometimes he'll post something and I'll just be like, damn it. Like, that's what yeah, I want to do. Yeah, he took yeah. a picture of this uh, of this kid in a I think it was like just in a swamp, like his kid up to his like thighs in like the swamp water. And he goes up to the kid and he just like takes one frame with his Hasselblad and he's like, oh, we got it. And then that was the whole thing. And I, and like the picture ended up being, it's a very, I mean, I, I don't remember exactly uh, what the picture was titled, but it's a very, it's a controversial image and it's very like heavy in the, uh, in its message. Yeah. Uh, but it's a gorgeous image. And it's one of those things where it's like everything I wanted to shoot before I saw that image doesn't exist anymore. Now it's like, after seeing this image, mm-hmm. my inspiration mm-hmm. is like changed. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, just to answer the question, because it's a good question. Um, I really want to photograph in space. That Ooh. Not necessarily any specific photograph on my bucket list, but there have been you know a handful of people who have been in space to take photos, obviously, the Apollo missions. And uh, there's a photographer, Chris Michael. Chris, I don't know if it's Michelle or Michael, but he... Uh, mm-hmm. Which is funny because that's my first and, la- and middle name. Um, <laughs> uh, he's gone on some upper atmosphere flights in this airplane, and he's taken some photos up there at the edge of space. And I'm infinitely jealous. And they're such great images. So if I could somehow make it to space, 
that's my ultimate. I've always been like a NASA nerd. I love, yeah. I love, since Dude, I was a kid, I've same. wanted to be an astronaut. Um, you know, the F2, when I first started buying like the Nikon F2s, um, you know, the AI lenses, they look like the same lenses they yeah. use on the, you know, the Apollo missions and stuff. This just looks like something NASA would make. So like, I love these cameras. Uh, yeah. It's just like, that would be, that would complete my life if I could take photos in space. So maybe one day we'll see, uh, if Elon Musk can stop being an asshole yeah. for four seconds and just like, you know, figure things out and stop being a douche, we'll, yeah. we'll get there. But uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully someday. <laughs> so that's number one. Yeah, I love that. I saw a thing that that said that there's going to be a, it's kind of like an ISS, like space station, but it's going to be like a bougie hotel mm. that's going to be floating in space where basically millionaires can, you know, just take rockets up and go to this mm, place. I, so it... It could potentially happen. I for hate you. that. I hate the idea of a hotel in space. <laughs> a bougie hotel. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. I mean, in practice, I do, but in, in theory, I like it. But oh my god, any anything else for millionaires? I don't think they need anything else. We need we need we need full access space travel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, as far as bucket list, I think that's number one and through ten is space. I, yeah, love that's that. a great, I wasn't expecting that answer. I love it. <laughs> well, what's yours? I, I what, what what did you guys think of that about that question? Ooh, flipping it back on us. Yeah, give it to me, Timothy. Yeah, oh, you, me. Said, yeah. you said you had some, and Chris, you've got to have some too. Yeah. I'm sure. So I mean, I it, a lot of it's more so just like travel photography, like places that I want to go shoot, kind of. Before, you know, I, I pass, I definitely want to go see the pyramids and kind of take photos of that. I would like to actually do some like meaningful work, like thought provoking, mm. not not so much like the image gets some thought by looking at it. But like me, I put some time into it because like you said, you know, when you get those photographers that basically make a whole movie set just to take one yeah. photo, you know, like there's just something mm -hmm. so awesome about that. And it just takes doing it. I think we get stuck all the time where we think, well, how could we do that? And it's like, dude, you have five friends that would totally like <laughs> yeah, something for yeah. you, yes. you know, do this and act for you and do that totally. stuff. Like, come on, you know, it, it's just taking the step. But that definitely like some travel locations and some meaningful portraits are definitely on yeah. the bucket the bucket list. What about you, Chris? I would say um, I can't wait to photograph my kids. Oh yeah, like my future Ooh, kids. Aww. You know, like that. That's like a bucket list for sure. Oh yeah. But also, like, I just want to keep making work that that like makes me happy. You know, I want to keep learning new things and trying new things and like i really want to get back in the studio with musicians like that's like my favorite thing oh, to photograph yeah. i love that that's so great yeah oh man there's a photographer in nashville and I, her name escapes me and i hate myself for it but i've been following her for about a year now and her she mostly does like studio musician photography and her stuff is so good and she shoots mm. on film and i got it oh, what's, what's her pull name it up, pull it up pull it up damn so she's she's based in nashville are you talking about laura Partain? yes yes Oh. Yeah, she's a she's a former guest as well. Yeah, yeah that's she's right. been on. Yeah, right. she's, she's 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 killer. killing it. Yeah, her work is incredible. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I see, yeah. And so I've been following her and just like loving everything she does. Uh, I think she's you know gonna be one of the best photographers of our generation. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, you know what that means? That reminds me. I was trying to think earlier what who my favorite photographers are because I figured inevitably that question would come up, and I was trying to think like who are my favorite photographers like living and present, and mm. I think like. 
all of them with like a very few exceptions are women like all of my favorite photographers in the in the industry that like living or alive are, are all women like Annie Leibovitz was the reason I got into photography yeah uh, her oh, career amazing. spans everything you know yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Diane Arbus I've had her book for since I was a kid Diane Arbus has been you know her work is a little bit more esoteric but yeah. she's got such an eye um and then you know vivian meyer of course when her stuff mm-hmm. came out it was just like jesus christ like right. how can you not love yep. this and then a lot of my friends who are gifted photographers like you know the the work that i really like have been drawn to have been mostly photographers who are women or who are you know femme femme presenting and it's like yeah i don't i don't know why that is i just think like it's really weird that there's a big disparity in the film community between what photographers are getting the platforms and being seen and who's making the really compelling work because i i really think that like the women in the in the community right now are are doing some of the best things i've ever seen and like why is it all men you know yeah. and so it, that's a whole nother yeah. thing we could do an entire episode on that i'm sure but yeah uh yeah so i just thought that was like an interesting thing that just remembered that yeah 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 um <laughs> yeah lot. laura sh- her her work yeah like you said specifically like i'm like i gotta get back in the studio this is just like yeah. do it do it it's so, so funny that's... because like i've had friends who've been like how do you do studio photography like not just like in the studio but also like with musicians or like anything that's like indoors that you have to like yeah. kind of like cheat light with or use strobes everyone thinks that it's so difficult and like a mystery it's like no you just gotta turn on a light and yeah do it yeah yeah (laughs) but it's so it's so good yeah should we ask him the the um well i thought we were doing a coffee that's what i was about to say should we ask him oh oh yeah should we ask him i'm sorry (laughs) usually you usually like should we ask him the tough one yeah yeah. (laughs) so we're gonna give you we're gonna give you a second question christopher if that's okay, okay because you're the the coffee guy mm-hmm. on youtube <laughs> so we have this question from smith snapshots mm-hmm. they they ask favorite coffee so far so is the question just favorite coffee so far or is there yeah. more okay that's it <sighs> that's a hard question because <laughs> yeah that's a tough do one. you mean oh, favorite man. varietal do you mean favorite region do you mean favorite roast Whoa. do you mean favorite <laughs> roaster like what do you mean so in general my favorite coffees are african coffees i really love anything out of ethiopia especially if it's natural processed the reason being is that natural processed coffee allows the coffee cherry to naturally ferment and kind of fall off the bean. And that imparts some very fruit forward flavors when you roast it, especially Mm. for like a lighter roast. Um, There have been Ethiopian coffees that I've had um, that just straight up taste like blueberries. And it's, it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, Some of them, uh, have some stone fruit. <laughs> it's like the very, very apricot, very peachy. Um, and it's, it's, oh, it's one of the things mm. where you kind of like grow up and you're like, okay, coffee is this like bitter brown liquid, but then you get coffee that's like really handled with care and you're like, holy crap, the flavors, like what is happening? Like, so I would say if, if I was going to go real broad, I would say I really love African natural process coffees because they're very they're very good and very interesting. I have to get some recommendations from you. Oh yeah, uh-huh. I'd love to. I want to try some blueberry coffee. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Definitely, I'd love to help you with that. Um, also, uh, as far as like if I want to get down to like coffee, a coffee company like a company who roasts coffee, um, there's a coffee roastery named uh, Maru in LA. There's one in downtown LA where they roast their coffee or in the Arts District, sorry. And then there's uh, there's one in Los Feliz on um hillhurst i'm friends with the guy who owns it his name's jacob um i met him when i was going there a bunch of times a couple years ago but they just consistently roast the most 
satisfying coffee. Mm. Um, I'm not sure mm. exactly what it is that they do, but their coffee is like their roasters just like on point. Everything I've tried from them, no matter what the origin is, has been really, really enjoyable. Their cafes are gorgeous. Their staff is knowledgeable and amazing. I've just this week had some really incredible espresso from there. So uh, Maru, Maru Coffee is, is a place that I would, I would recommend to anyone, especially if you're in LA. But I know that they sell it online too. So if you go onto their website, you can order their beans and you should definitely support them because they, they rule. Oh God, I bet it smells so good when you go in oh there. Oh my God. Yeah. Because it's got that roasty smell. Yeah. It's like bread almost. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> uh, uh, man well great 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 answer Thank you. as well long long but i think it made i, I, I got my point across i think <laughs> yeah and great uh answers to those two questions by the way thank as you. well definitely thank you very much now for the tough questions no! yeah dun, dun. <laughs> i'm ready all right so it's a two-part camera question we ask every guest at the end of the show it's like everyone's like dreading this moment because you know you've already bitten all your nails off thinking mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. but um it's the the desert island camera mm-hmm. you know you can only choose one it's your baby it's your ride or die it's I, i'm trying to think of another day, day word your day for that, one but your yeah, your yeah your <laughs> Your side, your side yeah. piece. No wait, but yes, and and there, you know, it's a it's a fully uh, stocked uh, photo lab on thy island. Oh. So you know, any film you need and processings, mm-hmm. you know, it's, cool, it's there for you. But um, what camera and why? Nikon F two. Not a question. Ooh, quick answer. I, I had a feeling that was going to be yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because the video that's coming out on Thursday is my Nikon F two like reveal all like why I shoot it and what's so great about it kind of thing. Oh great! So, I can't wait. Yeah. Long story short, it's uh, a marvel of modern technology. It's just uh, designed super well. I think that it holds up to similar Leicas as far as build quality. It has all the features that I could possibly ever need and nothing I don't. They're rugged as all hell. They, I mean, I've my Chrome F2 has been with me for like five or six years and I've smashed that thing into every conceivable surface mm. and have had zero issues. And it looks... It's such an amazingly iconic mm-hmm. looking camera. Yeah. It, it is. just looks like the quintessential ph- uh, photojournalist camera, um, and it's just uh, it, it just takes fantastic images. And the the lenses, you know, you know, Leica lenses have their own kind of like fan base, and and it's rightfully earned. Like they they mm-hmm. have their very own character. I think that the the Nikkor lenses are the same kind of way. They have their own fan base because they they just are fantastically amazing lenses. I actually film all of my YouTube channel videos uh, on an X-T3, but with an adapted 24 millimeter 2.8 Nikon oh, lens. Oh, awesome. Because wow. it just looks so good. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't have to do yeah. like, any like weird like softening or like fixing in post. It just looks good and I'm done. So yeah. And it, it's just like, you know, it's it's not medium format, which I love medium format. I have like a big, big soft spot for, you know, six by seven. But this this is just like, I can't deny how reliable the F2 has been in my kit and how much good work I've done with it. So um, yeah, that's my camera. Not even, don't even need to think about it. Love it. <laughs> uh, great yeah. answer. All right. So then the part two is the white whale. Is there, you know, something that you've had your eye on that you just never had the chance to shoot or own or? Hmm. Yeah, I have to think about that a little bit. So, you know, I had a... I, the lusting, the lusting yeah. camera. Yeah, you know, I had a, I had a Hasselblad. I had the EL five hundred, which is the electronic version that automatically wound for you. Yeah, um, yeah. I really liked that, but I felt limited by the square crop. I do love the Hasselblad five hundred CM. I think it's just a fantastic system. Um, yep. And they look, it's just like style and class. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, they are. Yeah. 
the white whale. I mean, oh man, it's tough because I have okay. So the cameras I own now, I have a RB67, I have a Rolleiflex 35 3.5T, I have two Olympus XAs, I have two Nikon F2s, I have I have my Pentax 645N. Oh yeah, which is my. That's my workhorse for mm. medium format. That camera is so good with the yeah. 45 millimeter lens. Oh my God. Um, yep. I can't really think of a camera. The Mamiya 6 and 7s are really neat, but I'm not a huge rangefinder dude in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm like trying to talk it out so I can like try to think of what it might be. <laughs> uh, if you're satisfied, that's a good place to be. <laughs> I mean, you know. I, I've always wanted an M3 because mm. it's it's just iconic Leica. Um, it's no nonsense. It it you know doesn't have a light meter, which I love because uh, there's no need for a battery. There's no mm-hmm. need to worry about anything. The the you know the M3s hold up really well over time, and they're beautiful cameras. But I don't really I could buy one now, but I just don't really need one and don't really care all that much to have one at the moment. I think eventually I'll I'll own one. Uh. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, this question's tough because I can't think of a single camera that I've not been able to shoot because I've shot pretty much everything at least once. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I'm satisfied. It's hard. It's hard to say. But oh, it's that's like, good. That's you know, good. The, the RZ67, I got the 6x7. I got the Pentax 645 for my 645 stuff. I've got the 6x6 with my Rolleiflex. I've got, you know, my F2 and my xa for my 35 millimeter stuff you know it's really nice to not be consumed because i love gear i love talking about Mm. cameras but i'm not consumed with the the side of it where it's like i need to buy stuff and i think that's a good place to be it's also would be disingenuous of me to be lusting after cameras a lot if i'm have a channel where i'm like it doesn't matter what camera you use just find a camera that works and have fun with it um because i think the important thing with photography with film especially is finding a camera that you want to pick up and want to like take pictures with yeah that's going to be the camera you're yep. going to take pictures with um yeah you know so there's no when people ask me like what camera should i get i have no clue what do you like what camera do you look <laughs> yeah. at and you go, yeah i like that that's the camera you should get um doesn't matter what the features are doesn't matter how much it costs like you, you get the camera you want because that's the camera that's going to inspire you to create and then down the road if you want to change to something else because you think you know you want it for whatever the reasons are there you go. Mm. But uh, yeah. the important parts to get out and create. And so I'm satisfied. I have everything covered. I, I think I think if I can say maybe I've won Desert Island or not Desert Island, sorry, one white whale would be like a really good working condition, like Graflex, like speed graph, mm. like a speed oh, graphic. Yeah. I've never shot four by five. Um, Kyle McDougall has a video about how he picked one up in a thrift store and shot it and it was beautiful. Um, I think, yeah, there's been a couple of videos I've seen and I've just been like, okay, that's, that's really neat. I think I could really do some damage with one of those. Uh, but once again, if I come across one, you know, I'll get one, but I'm not like, Ugh, I need it. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> no, the M3 great, great. and the speed graphic are both great answers. Yeah, good yeah. cameras, you know, not the most expensive, but also, you know, not necessarily just falling out of trees, so, yeah. Right. <laughs> but that's a that's a really great place to be, though. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, making the photographs is kind of the, the most important part, you know, like, mm-hmm. and being creative and not being held down by the gear, because I, I finally hit that 
that Zen moment where I'm just like, wow, it feels good to not be on eBay every five seconds <laughs> oh, looking at cameras. God, like, yeah. And crying. <laughs> yeah. And crying, for just real. Just take my real. offer of half, yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, I, I shot all of my images from, you know, sophomore year of high school to like after college with one Canon AE1 with one 50 yep. millimeter lens. Yep. And I was totally satisfied up until that point. The, so the kit lens was on my first Pentax. Yeah. And you loved it, right? It was great. Yeah, it was the best. Yeah. <laughs> Shot a lot of work. But as you, my early days, as you get through work and as you start taking more pictures and learning more, then you start to realize, oh, there's other things out there. And that's yeah. where it starts. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I've, I've gone through that whole cycle because I've owned, I've owned four Pentax 6.7s. I've owned seven Mamiya RB6.7s. I've owned six, no, I've owned four Olympus XAs. I've owned three. Nope, just the two F2s. Yeah. And then a myriad of other cameras. Like I've gone through the process of buying yeah. and selling and buying and selling and it's 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 such a distraction from creating. So it's like definitely if I don't care about buying cameras, I'm doing I'm doing much more work and it's much more satisfying. Man. So true. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Well, Christopher, this has been fantastic. Thank you for spending your afternoon with us. We are so happy to chat with you and I can't wait to see what else you got going on in the YouTube world and everywhere else. Thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah. so happy I got to do this with you guys. Uh, this was a, a, this was a bucket list moment, I would say. Aww. So, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This was really great. Yeah. Next, next time there's an, an LA meetup, uh, I'll be sure to hit you up. Yeah. You should come meet the gang. Please, yes. I would love to come yeah. out. That'd be great. Cool. So where can everybody check out the channel, the what you got work on your website, where can everybody find you, Instagram, all that? Oh my God, we haven't met, I haven't even said the name of my YouTube channel once yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my channel is called The Photo Department. So if you just search photo, uh, the photo, D-E-P-T, so it's the abbreviation for department, uh, that's me on the YouTubes. Uh, there's also a photo department instagram if you want to follow that that's going to have all the stuff that's associated with the youtube channel uh all my personal work and my professional work goes on my i guess personal instagram which is just my name christopher michael Sturm, just spelled out and uh, i think that's it that's all my stuff it's a great name for a channel by the way the photo department yeah i wanted to invoke yeah. <laughs> i wanted to like invoke like the feeling of like when you're in college and in the college is like this old yeah. 70s building and it's like a, a like you know an old like helvetica plaque that just says the photo department on it looks like straightforward I it reminds know. me of like the the people on set like the like the ad and oh yeah yeah they, they, uh, that that whole gang that yep. photo department yep <laughs> i just wanted it to be like inclusive to everything so hopefully i don't know hopefully it works it's not as cool as when uh, when I found Grainy Days, I was so mad. I was like, why didn't I think of that? Like, oh, that's perfect. Such a good channel name. It is good. <laughs> what about you, Timothy? Where are you? Guys, you can head over to Instagram. It's at Timothy Makeups. I also make some film photography YouTube videos. Easiest way to find that. Just go to the search bar, type in Timothy Makeups. That's it for me. Chris, where are you? So I am Chris B. Photo on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. And we have a Facebook page and a group you can join. And we also have a Patreon, too. Woo. Just, just shout that out at the end. Christopher! Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is awesome. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye. (laughs) First off, Chris and I would like to thank Christopher for coming on the show. Christopher, we love what you're doing with the photo department. We're super stoked that we finally got you on the show. We got to hang out and chat and have a good time and get to hear your backstory and how and how you got involved with all this stuff. It, it was it was a blast and had a really, really great time. Thanks again, Christopher, for coming on the show. 
Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. For only a buck, you can get the show two days early. That's Monday. Normally release it on a Wednesday. We also have our develop and hang nights over there. You know, Patreon only exclusive content. And to be completely honest, Patreon is is literally the best way to help support the show. If you guys are, you know, the diehards and you want to help support Chris and I with keeping this thing going every week, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. A bunch of Patreons that already help support the show. Guys, we do not know what we would do without you. We appreciate each and every single one of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's it, guys. That's this week's episode. Again, Christopher, thanks for coming on the show. And we hope you guys are out there shooting, having a blast. The weather's starting to get nice. It's just, it's feeling good and it's feeling right. All right, guys, that's going to be it for this week. We'll see you next week with an all-new episode. Later. Later.